You are listening to Crosschoke, a TFL podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Anderson. Each week, I'm joined by my friend, Dakota Rytan. We have combined experience in music, MMA, Christianity, ministry, video games, and food. We hope we add value to your day. Now, enjoy the show. Yeah, it's... It's a cross. Jesus went to that cross, and he took the stripes, and he took the nails, and he he bore all those things for us. Three days later, up from the grave, he arose. Three days later, he rose as King of Kings and as the Lord of Lords. Zach! (laughs) We made it to episode three, brother. I never thought we'd get here. Wow. <laughs> we sound really like echoey in this room. Very echoey. So that we've had three episodes in three different locations. This is actually location four. We were trying to do it over in the church office again, but got kicked out because they have a men's group in there or a financial group or something. Mm-hmm. So we're in the youth center, which I thought would sound better. Yeah, it's pretty echoey. Sound better. Sound better. So hopefully that doesn't affect uh, the listening experience too much. Yeah. So I think our goal should be to record in a different place for every episode this season i I say our permanent location will be jake's old room why not i mean i'm sure his mom wouldn't mind (laughs) just make it into our studio uh yeah it would be fun man how you been oh pretty good pretty good we're recording a little early this week yeah yeah super early um but that's fine yeah so it's thursday right now at the time that we're recording this we just we're coming hot off episode two Mm mm-hmm and I'm gone this weekend, so yeah. we're recording a little early. Yeah. So thanks for being flexible. We're just kind of throwing this episode together. You know but what? I'm, I'm really pumped to keep learning more about you. Dude, ditto. I feel like we just barely scratched the surface. <laughs> we, we were just getting started, and all of a sudden we're like, oh, it's like 48 minutes. <laughs> yeah, holy cow. So, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to dig your brain. Dig my brain? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right, welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 of Cross Joke, a TFL podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Anderson. I'm joined by the awe-inspiring Dakota Wrightan. It's a pleasure to be here. The lustrous, awe-inspiring. <laughs> I wish I knew some amazing vocab to describe you as. Uh, just Google me. The bodacious. Oh, I thought you were going to say the bogey. Authentic. All right. One more. Smells really good. Do I? No, I don't know. <laughs> you gonna... pressured me to do another <laughs> one. Uh, anyhow, thank you for joining us. We had a great episode last week. Uh, excited about this week's episode. So with that, let's open things up here. We are finally on YouTube. I had no idea how many of you listeners specifically and only listen to YouTube. Um, we are, it's a pleasure to be on that platform and we are excited to have our podcast on every platform possible to make it easier for, um, you guys to listen to us. So I had no idea so many people listen to podcasts on YouTube. Yeah. I would have totally blown YouTube off and like, right. Just been on Spotify and all those. And it was quite a whirlwind for us to get on this platform anyways. (laughs) So converting our, our, um, audio files to a video. So I have, I have all the programs, you know, Premiere Pro, I have Adobe Creative Cloud, all that stuff. And so 
I tried to do those sound waves, you know, to make it look really cool. Mm -hmm. And so you just have to watch some tutorials on YouTube. Yeah. And you found a really good one, sent it to me. I followed along. But now rendering and exporting the video was a complete nightmare. So they have this, this uh, program, I don't know, media um, encoder or something like that. But I didn't figure that out till after we posted episode one. And so when I exported episode one, it was like over 40 gigs. And I was like, what? There's only 45 That's minutes of audio. Crazy. And I tried to do it in a low resolution. I don't really know what I'm doing. 280p. If you go on our episode one on YouTube, it looks horrible, but you're listening to it anyways. Yeah. So then episode two, which I just got done uploading just yesterday, looks way better because I figured it out. Because you can mess with like bit rate, and, mm -hmm. which I don't know what that means. Uh, and so it's a 720p low bit rate. It's only like a gig and a half. Another. <laughs> Thor. <laughs> More. What's he do? He, he, he says another. It, and he smashes it on the ground. Yeah. Isn't that like a courtesy thing? You know what's funny is he didn't plan that. Oh, really? No. Well, I mean, okay. Was it improv? Yes. So he planned it, obviously, in his brain. He knew was, no one else knew he was going to do it. So the reaction oh. of everyone in the, in the restaurant was completely authentic. They're like, that's great. What? I love, I love stuff like that. Did you know when Chris Pratt had the power stone, when he went to hand it to the collector and he dropped it, I heard that was an accident. Oh wow. Like he actually dropped it and that's then picked fun. it back up. Yeah. Yeah. Those make for the best scenes. Like the, the last of us scene where they start singing. Oh yeah. <laughs> the deleted one. When it's like alternate ending on YouTube. I uh, love that. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, that was perfect. The Last of Us is a great game. You, anyway, just, you just finished it. I did just finish that. Yeah. Yeah, and the DLC. Mm. Oh, we never talked about that. What do you think? Oh, so good. It was really good, and I love how it had the clickers versus people. Yeah. That was something they didn't do in the actual campaign. Yeah. Did you notice that? No. Yeah. <laughs> but Have you seen that video? Uh, no. <laughs> but, oh. you, but uh, you know, as soon as I finished it, I really liked the DLC because I left the game wanting more, and I didn't really like the ending too much. So mm -hmm. playing that was really nice. And then I deleted the game right afterwards. Free up space. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So number one, YouTube. Number two, we want to thank people for giving us feedback and reviews. Uh, been really, really overwhelmingly positive. And Very. So, yeah, we're just really encouraged by that. We're just a bunch of guys talking. No idea what we're talking about. But hey. And by that, Zach means please give us more negative feedback. Because <laughs> right now our heads are way, well, way too high. Hey, like, listen to me, would you? <laughs> and we want to improve and have the best podcast for, for everyone. So if you have any comment, any feedback, good or bad, let us know so we can make a better episode for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we really appreciate it. So you won't hurt our feelings. We want to we want to prevent uh, prevent present something that's quality and um, just authentic has a lot of value and so yeah that's that's our goal so if and and community driven and and listener driven so yeah and with that we enter the topic of the show. Dakota and Zach again. Part two. Part two. Oh, it's like we're gonna have a trilogy. What if this? What if this turns into a part? It three? might at the rate we're going. But we're doing pretty good. We're only eight minutes in right now. So I still have eighty-seven more questions to ask you, bro. 
Okay, so if you, if you didn't watch last week's, or listen to last week's episode, we started an interview between each other. The goal was to help our listeners understand us a little bit more, to know a little bit more about where we're coming from, so future episodes make sense, and maybe, hopefully, we make a little bit more sense to people mm-hmm. as well. Um, I feel like I know you pretty well. Yeah, yet, and I'm, vice versa. But I'm learning more and more. Yeah. So, and if you know us pretty well, maybe you'll learn something that's new as well. I'm so. learning more about myself. Nice. So, Dakota, I started things off last week. We had our little jujitsu personality quiz, which you found, which was awesome. Yeah. And then we had some spitfires. We just started going, and then we had to end. Yeah. So, I'm going to give you the liberty of of kicking things off or teeing them off, as as the kids say. Well, I'm going to start off with an easy question, and then I think maybe we could just do some back and forth. I'll ask you one, and uh, we'll just kind of see where it goes. I've got some really deep ones to... To ask you, and I, I really didn't even scratch the surface last week. So here we go. Question one. If you could have one superpower, which would it be? And don't tell me why. The ability to teleport. Wow. Very cool. But don't tell me why. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and that is my TED Talk. All righty, guys. Next episode, uh, post on... <laughs> Next week. <laughs> All right, brother. Um, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna break the rules already. Okay. Okay. That seems like you. That's what I do. I'm the self-appointed assistant, anyway. So <laughs> I'm, I think I'm way more valuable than I am. <laughs> I just won't. Helpful. I won't answer your questions. Uh, I broke broke my pinky toe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's two community questions. In a fight to the death, who wins, moose or eagle? Do you want me to ask, answer this too? Well, I mean, I'm asking you. Well, you said community questions. Well, yeah, it's a community question given okay. to you. In a fight to the death, a moose or an eagle? I don't know what alternate universe that they're going to be fighting each other. but I would just say eagle. An eagle can just come in, do its attack, fly away. But what if a moose does one of those like head no, spins, bro? I don't think so. A moose is like as big as a dump truck. I think bro. the eagle is going to play dirty. It's going to go for the eyes. It's going to go for, like, the face. Why would an eagle be attacking a moose in the first place? Maybe it stole its salmon. What? Salmon. Oh, I always look at the salmon in my mirror. (laughs) 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 What would you rather, or sorry, would you rather solve world hunger or have a lightsaber? Okay. Here's, here's my answer and why, so I don't seem like a jerk, if that gives my answer away. <laughs> if I solve world hunger, is, is it only for a day and people are going to be hungry again, or is it permanent solving? Depends on how you would define solving. What if the technology of having the lightsaber could provide <laughs> means to end world hunger? A permanent hunger solve. So that I could hunger. have both. So selfish answer, obviously a lightsaber. How dope would that be? That would be great. But honestly, if someone was just like, you have five seconds to answer this, what would you take? I would say world hunger. All right. Your turn. Unless it was like a genie. And and I said I want to end world hunger, and like I could never eat food again. That would be bad. Hmm. That's deep. Or if I take the lightsaber, he just gives me one of those dumb toy lightsabers. <laughs> it's one from Walmart. 
I don't think this question was supposed to go on for this long. Hey, it's up to you, man. You answer. <laughs> All right, go for it. Okay, here I'm we go. I'm ready. I'm going to answer before you even ask. 14. <laughs> okay, that's a terrible answer. What's the actual question? What's your favorite thing that you own and why? I would say my Mac. Besides my Bible, okay, like we know our churchy answers. Sure. Okay, my Bible for sure. Like, but that's on your Mac. But hey, if I have the internet, come at me. Would you like me to ask you another question? Sure. Follow-up question. For one month, you have to give up one of these three things. Okay. Your phone, your MacBook, or your PlayStation. Okay. So I'll narrow it down. I'm going to keep my Mac. So it comes down to phone or PlayStation? Yeah. I'd say I'd get rid of my phone, bro. I kind of knew you were going to answer that. Yeah, I'd keep my PlayStation. I would say MacBook for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, it's just so so useful. I like, feel like my phone's just as useful as my MacBook is. Hmm. And I feel like my MacBook is just as useful as my phone is, but Fair more. Point. Here's a here's probably why. You have a very nice and new MacBook and a very old iPhone. <laughs> And I have a newer iPhone and a very old MacBook. <laughs> what if we put them together? <gasps> Pen pineapple app. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, oh, I'm ready for Okay, question. I'm ready. Tell me how you came to Jesus. Okay. So, story time. I, my family has a long history of being Christians. And I grew up in the church, um, but long story short, when we moved to Montana, I fell out of the church and Christianity. Didn't really feel like it was important to me. And I was still going to church for a while. I was going to a Baptist church, and it was doing a thing, but I wasn't living uh, the right lifestyle. I was just going just to go and say I did it. Um, so eventually I stopped going altogether. Uh, fell down a pretty dark path, got into a lot of stuff. And one day, my aunt was like, "Hey, you should go check out. Uh, you should go check out this church." And I was like, "Ah, eh, okay." Like after lots of persistence of her asking, so finally I said, "Okay." And I went and uh, I met these two really awesome guys, Drew Craig and Joe Eppley, and um, they were really persistent on that end of getting me to church once I was there. Like, do you need a ride? Why can't I pick you up? Let's hang out. Let's go get coffee. So it was often that I was hanging out with those guys. And even though I wasn't saved at that moment, eventually they brought me to youth conference. And when I went there, I just couldn't help but give my life to Jesus. And I saw like the difference in my life of what it would be like if I was a Christian and where I could act like these two guys that I saw how their lives had been changed versus where I was living in that moment. So ever since 2012 at Youth Conference, uh, October, whatever day we went, 20-something, I've been a Christian. And now you're doing ministry, um, your family is serving the Lord. Yeah. Tell me how you kind of came into ministry activities or like started okay. to get involved there. So, wow, this was not a planned thing at all. I didn't grow up as a kid and say, I want to be a pastor when I grow up. 
I wanted to be a fireman, Zach. No way. <laughs> Did you doesn't? really? Well, that was my when I was a kid. Oh, well, like when I was older, when I was like in high school, my dream was to be an architect. Hmm. Um, and the, I am not made to be an architect. I don't know why that was the thought, <laughs> but uh, now here I am um, in ministry. When I was a sophomore, um, I just started learning guitar. I had just given up on the violin because I found out I wasn't as good as I thought I was. And uh, so I picked up the guitar and somebody at church found out that I played. And by all means, I could not sing at this point in my life. Uh, I still can't sing. Oh, come on. <laughs> I just try. Oh. I just try a little harder. You're a professional trier, though. That's right. So one day, it's just this one guy uh, leading worship for our youth ministry when I was a sophomore. He's playing guitar. I've been playing bass two weeks now with him. The next week, um, it's Tuesday, he calls me and says, hey, I have to lead the Royal Rangers class. And I'm like, okay. And he says, well, what do you think about that? And I'm like, well, go have fun in the Royal Rangers class. And he says, well... There's no one else to lead worship. And I'm like, uh, and? And he's like, so you're going to lead worship? And I'm like, no, I'm not. So anyways, I end up leading worship that day. I, I wasn't even a Christian at this point. Hmm. I hadn't even given my life to Jesus. But I was there, and I'm not sure if anyone knew that. But I led worship, and um, a month later, I gave my life to Jesus. But, like, it was so weird. Um, because I was just kind of thrown into this position, and I ran with it. Um, I didn't let go. I didn't say, like, I'm not good enough for this. I just kept saying, I, no one else can do this. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to be excellent in it. And it just kind of grew from there. Our worship team grew. We had a full band. We actually um, were, we were leading worship for other youth ministries and, and other, like, winter retreats, stuff like that. And uh, we just grew to this potential that I never thought we would grow to. And uh, and here I am now as a passion of mine. I can't help but worship. I love picking up every instrument I can and learning. I love teaching others about worship ministry and about music and music theory. And, and, and it's just not only a hobby, but a passion of mine. Similar, I assume, to you with fighting, where it's just something you can't stop thinking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always think about killing people. <laughs> Not necessarily that, but... <laughs> no, but I know what you mean. Like, I think about the technique and analyzing it. And I love that feeling of being in worship, in community with other people. And, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of how I fell into ministry. Um, I've been on this path and wound up in Butte somehow. Never thought I'd be here, but here I am. The mining city, brother. That's right. Well, I'm glad you're here. I am too. And I think God's glad you're here. Yeah, absolutely. I really do. For this podcast. This is it. This yeah. is God's will for your life. <laughs> absolutely. All right. Zach, what does fighting mean to you? The overall word? Or like, are you referring to? Not to you. Okay. I'll answer both. Okay. Okay. Part A, B, and actually C. Okay. Fighting in general, like say street fighting... MMA competition, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, whatever. You could kind of summarize that as fighting. Now, usually when it's referred to as fighting, people kind of cor correlate that to a tough person. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, he's a fighter. And so what I find is I like to call myself more not a fighter, 
but like a competitor or a martial artist. Because that encompasses the art, the discipline, because anybody could be a fighter. Sure. You know what I mean? But it takes something to be a martial artist or a competitor um, and a successful one. And so I try to take that philosophy. Growing up, I was never a fighter. Mm. I hated confrontation like that. I, I hated bullies. And there was only one fight I got in in middle schools because these two kids were cheating at soccer. Oh, wow. And I threw the one brother down. They were brothers. That was my first mistake. So I threw the brother to the ground. And I, there was this girl watching me. And I was like, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I was tough. And then the other brother came up. And in the meantime, the other brother got up. So they're up, both up. So the one got behind me, kind of put me in this full Nelson. And the oh. other brother just started wailing my stomach. And I start crying instantly, you know. And I still do that. <laughs> and so he was hitting me, and then the teacher came and broke it up, and I got in-school suspension for one day. Oh, wow. That's worst it? Thing, worst thing that ever happened to me. One day? Yeah. Well, did you clock him? or? Well, no, I, he, I had, didn't have arms. You just, like, pushed him? I did stand up to a bully once that pushed me down. Mm. Um, he pushed me on my back, and he was coming up towards me. I used both my feet and, like, blasted him in the chest. Wow. He never bullied me again. Your life sounds like Karate Kid Part 4. But that's like, that's two, two instances in 25 years. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. That's, those are anomalies. But I never looked for a fight is what I'm saying. I, yeah. I, I still don't like that. Uh, but now competition is something else. You were talking about music, how you just are so passionate about it. You love the intricate details yeah. of every note, philosophy behind what you're doing, mm -hmm. stewarding the Holy Spirit as we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, just leading people into, into Christ and how that works. And so with competition and MMA and jiu-jitsu, all that, you, karate, fill in the blank. I've, I've been, you know, boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai. So I have a ton of experience in there. I've actually known martial arts longer than I've known Jesus. Wow. And I've known Jesus my whole life. But I, I guess my, I could say the same thing. With, with, with music? music yeah. yeah. But that's such a weird thought. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, of course, you know, but like when I could actually remember meeting Jesus, yeah. I remember martial arts before that. But so, yeah, so I started when I was three years old, grew up in it. Um, I'm 25 now, so I don't know, 22 years worth of, of martial arts experience and training. And within that whole idea is this heart to better myself. You know, and that's what I've learned is mm. to I want to do my best. That's all I could do. So what I love about competition is you are bringing your best. I'm bringing my best. Let's mm -hmm. see who wins. Yeah. You know, and I, I absolutely love that. You know, I don't think of myself as a competitive person because competitive people in my brain are like really whiny people who have to win. Sure. Like, I don't like that. Like, I, I don't care if I win or not. A win to me is me doing my best. Like, honestly, like that, yeah. that's, that keeps me from being too hard on myself. If I do my best, that's a win. Whether my hand's raised or not mm -hmm. kind of idea. So there's that aspect of the fight, which I totally love. And now the Fight Life Ministries was birthed out of this idea of glorifying God through my fight mentality, my, my uh, fight world that I was in. So in high school, I started competing in MMA. Uh, my, my record was growing 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, and I started to get kind of popular in high school. I was never a popular guy. Mm -hmm. But people started to notice me, and that's when I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. You know, I'm, a, I'm that kid on the schoolyard beating up the soccer cheaters again. <laughs> But I remember at that time, Jesus was really real in my life. Yeah. And I was like, all right, he, he kind of put two paths in front of me. Either I was going to use MMA for me, or I was going to surrender and say, all right, God, this is for you. Yeah. So I was like, all right, if you could use this ministry of punching and kicking people for your glory, let's do it. Mm -hmm. So then I started correlating 
fighting with this idea, so much in Scripture and especially in Timothy and all over this idea of fighting, fighting the good fight for the true faith. And I was like, man, if we could kind of correlate the two. Uh, and so at the academy that I was training at at the time, there was probably maybe six or seven other competitors. And so I was like, all right, let's see if we could share Jesus with these guys. And so I kind of started going forward with intentionality and like spiritual conversations. We would pray after training. And through that, like five of the guys got saved. Wow. And so then we kind of started doing this Bible study. I was still in high school. I was like a junior in high school. Mm. And I was like, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. But I was like, all right, God, this is yours. And yeah. I think that's really all he asked for is just to live with open hands saying, God, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And, and through that, he gets the credit. You know, too often we, we're so, we have so low self-esteem and, um, you know, are kind of morbid to ourselves. Like, we have nothing to offer. Mm-hmm. But if we just say yes, like, just start there, God, God uses it. So from there, TFL was kind of birthed the idea of the Fight Life Ministries, reaching fighters, reaching competitors with the gospel, uh, you know, reaching and discipling. And so that was kind of that fight that, that came up. In, into being the fight life ministries. Yeah. And I already kind of mentioned the third one is just this idea of spiritual fighting. Yeah. You know, that our, that our fight is not against flesh and blood, um, but against the evil rulers and principalities of this dark world kind of idea. Whatever that verse is, I probably just butchered it. But <laughs> um, Ephesians 6.10, go read it. But there's that aspect of the fight too. And this, they all kind of have this, this steady common denominator through them mm-hmm. of me doing my part. You know, whether it's in the cage whether it's in ministry or whether it's my relationship with God, those three things all together, I have to do my part in living surrendered to God, living surrendered to my coach, you know, living surrendered to my, my alarm clock to get up and run. Yeah. You know what I mean? But all of them encompass this idea of pushing forward, doing your best, and that's all you could do. Would you say surrender is a main component of fighting? Way. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a huge component, and a lot of people don't like that idea because it's it takes a lot of humility. Yeah. Like if I'm going to listen to my coach, I have to surrender my natural tendencies of thinking. I have to be sure. willing to take criticism, you know, just like a good friend who would tell you, "Hey, bro, you need to work on this in your life." Mm-hmm. I have to be humble enough to surrender to your counsel, you yeah. know, to a, to a pastor, to a friend, you know, whatever that looks like. But more importantly, I have to surrender my will to God. It's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. That's a steady and, and consistent uh, requirement if you're going to walk the walk. Absolutely. If you're going to pick up your cross daily. So living surrendered, really, if you were to answer, what, is, what does fighting mean to me? Mm-hmm. It's living surrendered. Wow. Okay, so Dakota, you've mentioned mm-hmm. that you've been in ministry now for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, really kind of started in high school. And I love how you kind of talked about there's – there's different ways that people come to know Jesus. Sure. And it used to be uh, like bring them to church, they get saved, then they get involved in the church. Yeah. Now it's almost, and, and I know it's not now, it's kind of old how this is working now, but people come to church, get involved in the church, then they come to know Jesus. And that seems to be kind of how, how not it happened sh- to you. That is what happened to me. I'm not sure if people do that intentionally. No. I think it's a very natural thing that happens. Yeah, I agree. Um, even with people that I've led to the Lord, it's not come to church with me, make sure you come on nights that it's not too awkward, mm-hmm. then, then, then we'll get you saved. It, it's kind of been, come over to my house and hang out, and, uh, and we'll just naturally talk about life and about Jesus, mm-hmm. and I'll show you the difference. I mean, that's just like how it was with me. Show, I, I was shown the difference that 
Jesus had and the impact that Jesus had on people's lives versus mine, which felt so empty. And I guess that's motive for me to share Jesus with other people too, is like, do these people feel that empty? Mm. And, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's like, if I show you the truth, eventually you'll believe it. Yeah. You know, if I tell you the truth, eventually you'll believe it. And how we do that is through friendships. Mm-hmm. And you know, and Titus, um, the Chi Alpha director up at Montana Tech, always talks about this is building friendships that are strong enough to hold the 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 bridge a bridge that's strong enough to hold the weight of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to do with people. But that seems like that was kind of your story. Yeah. And so from there you've gotten into ministry. So my question is, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people make within ministry who are involved in ministry? What are some of the mistakes that you've seen? Okay. Um, a big one is I, I know a lot of people that have struggled with making it their top priority. And really, you can't make ministry your top priority. I mean, it is to, as a lifestyle to minister to other people and to show them Jesus. But as an occupation, um, you have to put a lot of things before. Specifically, your personal relationship with Jesus has to be at top priority. And then second to that comes your family above all else. And then third to that, I would say ministry. Sure. And there's a few other things, too. Like, you have to watch out for your own mental health. Um, make sure you are healthy in a way that you can minister to other people in the right way. And a lot of people don't take care of themselves and their family first and push that aside to to do ministry. And, and they think that they're doing this thing in the right way, but really it, it's kind of over-encompassing everything. So that's a big mistake that, I, that I've seen. Definitely. It's kind of prioritizing ministry above what's actually necessary yeah. to prioritize. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I've done that. And then secondly, I think people tend to overcomplicate things. The gospel is so simple, and we can go into depth for it in, in it for a lot of things, and that's why there's so many different denominations, so many different beliefs, all based off of the Bible. But at the root of it all, there's only one Jesus, there's only one true gospel, and it, it all depends, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Is he your Lord and Savior? And I think people can overcomplicate it and say, are you doing this thing right? Are you doing this thing right? When at the root of it, it's just getting people to know Jesus on a personal level. Yeah, come on. Preach. Yeah. All right, next question, Zach. If you weren't in ministry or the fighting realm, what profession would you be in? Oh, that's such a fun question. Yeah. Okay, so there's a lot of other things I'd like to do, but originally, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, I would have went to sniper school to be a sniper. And I've told you this before, and it made you laugh then, too. <laughs> That's so awesome. But, like, how, how cool does that sound? Like, you know, the military has always been, like, on my mind just because I love that, again, just love yeah. fighting, love yeah. uh, competing, that idea. But, dude, how cool would it be to be, like, a mile and a half away to just cap some bad guy off <laughs> and not even – he doesn't even hear the bullet before it hits him. And then, like, you're out. I you think know? in another timeline, you could have been the one that shot Osama bin Laden. Oh, man. Rob O'Neill, my boy. The, uh, what, what, did, what did he call himself? We went up there for uh, a signing of his book, The Operator. Um, if you're not familiar, Rob O'Neill uh, from Butte, Montana, and is credited with the, the 
I don't know. Killing. The killing. I was going to yeah. say, what, how else do you say that? That's it. I was going to say assassination. Or oh, there's, another, there's another more like professional word out there I'm not thinking of. Uh, but anyhow, he's from Butte, Montana. We went up there. My dad and I, he was signing a book. He wrote a book called The Operator. A uh, really good book. And yeah, but in there he was, he was talking. He, he calls himself like the, uh, the ginger assassin or something. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> but anyhow. Yeah, Maybe we're, we're in best another, another world, he's a fighter. Like you, your, your roles are switched. Oh, yeah. And For he's sure. the ginger assassin doing a podcast with me, and you're off <laughs> signing books. Flying the world doing Fox interviews. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I would, I would have done that, you know. I always have been passionate about, like, video games, which mm-hmm. sounds super nerdy, but I love, like, the way they tell stories. It's like a book and movie put together that you get to interact with. Yeah. Like, I love that. And so maybe I would have been a video game designer or tester. But Third, here you are. But here I am. Here I am, sitting across the table from you. <laughs> Honestly, there's no other place I'd rather be, except at home with my wife and kid. True. <laughs> but, dude, like, I, I, love, I, I love doing what I'm doing because I know I'm where God wants me. Yes. Yeah, you know, there's here. something so, con- like, that gives you so much contentment mm-hmm. and, and just peace, knowing you're where God wants you to be. Yeah. And I think too often we're like, oh, what's God's will for my life? And we live as if we have no idea. Mm-hmm. And it's God's not like some magician holding his cards back for right. you to figure it out. Yeah. Like, read, read your Bible. I mean, that sounds like such a cliche thing or sure. bumper sticker, but read the Bible. Uh, make disciples. Love God, love people. Know him, make him known. You know, keep working backwards from there. And that's what's landed me here. Yeah. You know, it's landed us here with this, this heart to do this podcast, to do our, the ministries that we're involved in. Mm-hmm is making the will of God a way of life. That's a book. It's not the book of the week, but the will of God is a way of life really talks about this. It's a great book recommended. I don't remember who the author is, uh, but I read that when I was overseas and really helped put things together. Cause like, Oh, I don't know what God's will is for me. And sure. we think it's like some big calling, yeah. you know, and we, we over hype it yeah. to where it's this like imaginary calling that's never going to come. Like God's never telling me. Right. And so that's not the case. God's not like that. That's the wrong God. Right. You know, of course, he, he doesn't tell us everything about our lives. Otherwise, we, you know, freak out. Yeah. Like he's he's there. He's yeah. at our birth. He's at the end of our life right now. You know, he knows what's going on. But it's he's not like twiddling like that dollar in front of you, like the Geico commercial. Sure. You got to be quicker. Where <laughs> I, You almost had it there. So overall, that's my thoughts. I think another thing is that a lot of us can get caught and isolate ourselves in kind of this limbo of this is my passion and God's not using me doing this. And and we isolate ourselves instead of saying, how can I utilize these tools that I have right now in my life as a ministry opportunity? And a lot of us can overlook that and say, well, maybe in five years when I'm at this place, God will put me in a place in ministry. Um, instead of just, hey, yeah. I'm going to go I'm going to go and do this thing right now and yeah. utilize those goals. Yeah, be bold. Do it. Use, mm-hmm. use what you have. You know, if your goal is to glorify God, make him known, know him, and then look at what you're good at, you know? I mean, and, and of course there's, the, there's an aspect of stepping out of your comfort zone, but there's natural things that God's given you that yeah. you do well. Yeah. You know, and music, you know, whatever. I don't know, whatever you'd fill that blank sure. in with. But Well, here's another thing is that if I wasn't a musician— and I had a different passion, 
I think God would utilize those giftings just as well as he is now. Like, I love music. It's, I'm so passionate about it. But what if I was something completely, like, if I was a musician, I was just, I don't know. Uh, Accountant. Yeah, exactly. That's a great example because I'm terrible with numbers. <laughs> but if that was my passion, uh, God could utilize that. And, and I, I think that's another way that we can just kind of shut down is that we, we focus on just this one thing. Um, and, and saying God isn't using it when really God can use us in anywhere that we're at. Absolutely. And in that book, The Will of God is a Way of Life, he makes the argument. Let me find who that author is. Um, uh, Jerry Sitzer is the author's name, The Will of God is a Way of Life. He makes the argument that no matter what you choose to do, as long as you're doing it for God, that turns into his will for you. Absolutely. You know, and I, and, and there's, there's, you could argue that point a little bit, but I sure. agree with it. Like, if, yeah. what was that, uh, the guy in the Old Testament who had the, the ox goad or whatever, the stick, oh, who yeah, killed yeah. all the, the Philistines? Something with uh, a shot yeah, yeah. or something. It was like Exodus or He's something. He's only in Judges. one verse. Yeah, he only has one verse, but he, he killed, he was the only guy in Israel to stand up. Mm-hmm. And he used what was in his hand, and it was just basically like a stick with a piece of metal on and it. And if I remember right, he wasn't even an Israelite. That's right. He was just living there. He was the only guy that was like, "All right, God, I'll stand up for you." Yeah. But the whole point of that is, is he used what God gave him. Yeah. Um, and Dave Phillips did a great job of of sharing that sermon. It was a great sermon. And he killed three hundred some Philistines. Yeah. Or? Again, we we have no idea. We don't read our Bibles, but. <laughs> <Whatever>. uh, <laughs> but yeah, just remember. with this. Ox goad, yeah, and which is like a club, yeah, or no, yeah. it's like a prodder. It's like a prodder. There you go. Yeah, just to poke a, poke the uh, oxen. Yeah, and like, and these I don't know what these other three hundred dudes are doing, just sucking on their thumbs. But but the whole point of the story is that God blessed what He chose to use. Uh, yeah, and I think we could all learn from that, man. So absolutely. All right, Dakota, let's reel things back in here. Yeah, that was quite the rabbit trail. <laughs> What else you got, Dakota? Okay, here's a great question. Who would you get to play as you in the movie of your life? Other than, because this is what I would pick for you, Vin Diesel. (laughs) He would play a great Zach, don't you agree? (laughs) That's a great... So other than that perfect dancer, who would you pick? The Rock. Yeah? No, I don't know. I'm thinking someone beefy. I'm not that beefy, though. I know, but you would want someone that emulated that quality. Um, dude, Vin Diesel's really good. Do you want to use that answer? I mean, no. that's just perfect. That, that's a, that's a great mixture. Can you imagine his grovelly voice doing a podcast? Dude, The Pacifier is one of my favorite movies. That's such a good movie. Love that movie. And it's on Disney Plus. Ooh, dude, I need to get Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Maybe Matt Damon. Yes, Matt Damon would play a great Zach. He's a little short. He's for Mark, you. Mark Wahlberg. We both have huge heads. That would be good too. He could shave his hair. Yeah. That would look good. All right. All right. I like it. I'm going to ask you the same question. Okay, In but the... I already have my answer. Okay. You, is this, are these the things you think about? No, but as <laughs> every question that I wrote down, I thought of, you know, an answer. Oh, you answered them? Nice. And this has always been, I, I've always kind of known this answer. Uh, Jason Siegel. I'm gonna use He's it. in this one with Paul Rudd. That's, that's pretty famous, except I can't remember the name. So... 
he's most famous for his TV show, How I Met Your Mother. Have you ever seen that? No. Well, anyways, he's just like this really tall, really goofy guy. And I think those are a couple qualities that kind of emulate me. Um, tall, really goofy. I'd and, agree. Yeah. You know Vin Diesel's best role, though? Groot. Absolutely. I didn't ever like, know he was Groot till I started right? watching. Like, it makes sense, though. I heard that he was the highest gross actor in the MCU films. What? Yeah. No. Somewhere. Maybe not the films as a whole, but maybe as... Like in the Guardians of the Galaxy as one or film. something. Yeah, that would make sense. Because I know Robert Downey Jr. is like the highest. No doubt. But Chris Evans also made a lot. And you know who makes a lot? The, uh, the guy that plays Rocket Raccoon. He, uh, in regards to Infinity War or Endgame, he made almost as much as Robert Downey Jr. Bradley Cooper. There you go. Yeah. But anyways. All right, Dakota. We got one more question each. Okay. By the way, it is absolutely freezing in here. It's so cold. It's colder than your office was. So we're in the youth center. It doesn't have a heater. We turn the heater off because, again, our mics are picking up sounds in South Dakota right now. But here's, here's my question for you. Three of your biggest pet peeves. Oh, three of my biggest pet peeves. Why can't I think? I can't think of any, Zach. <laughs> I could ask you a different one. All right, Zach, here are my three pet peeves. They're not in order of peeviness. Is that a word? No, don't say that. <laughs> That's horrible. That sounds worse than lustrous. Okay, they are not in order of what most annoys me. But here are three, and these are just, I can't think of any more. I know there's about 50 pet peeves that I have. But generally, I'm one that a person who can just kind of go with the flow. But here are some I can think of. One, if I have to say something to someone more than three times in a row, and it's not like, it's not like I tell them that and they forget it. It's like if I tell it and they're like, what? And I say it again, they say, what? And I say, I, I'm like, you get one more chance. <laughs> and then if they do it again, I am livid. Um, okay, another is kind of on that same thought process, but if someone tells me a story, I hear it, I understand it, I get it, and then I can hear them telling that same story to someone else, that's, I'm like, okay, that's fine, I heard, I heard it again. But then by the third time, I'm like, I'm so sick of this story. I know what happened. I don't care if you're not telling it to me. Please go do something else with your life. <laughs> and then finally, the third one. I am one to have sensitive eyes. Not in a girly way. Like, oh, your eyes are so sensitive. I mean, like, light affects my eyes pretty bad. I try to wear sunglasses as much as possible because of that. I always have blue light filters on. Like my TV, my phone, everything. When I'm driving down the road and a car is coming towards me with those stupid LED lights, I feel like the rapture just happened and the Messiah's coming back. Like, it's so bright and you do not need those lights. Like, 
I'm driving a 2001 Ford Explorer, probably stock light bulbs. I have no idea. So they're dimmer than... You're like, I can see fine. Okay. And I can see fine. These freaking LED lights are like stuff you'd have at Air, Area 51. What is this, an aircraft taking off? In yeah, it's ridiculous. On Harrison Avenue? It's ridiculous. Oh, man. I could, I could tell you're, you're, you got a little... I feel worked turn. up. My, yeah. my blood's pumping. <laughs> I think I need to like... Go for a jog or something. Oh, the Dairy Queen? Yeah, I'll work off some. I'll race you. <laughs> but that was a great question. Okay. I think people now know how to make me tick. Uh, and, and and we'll just... I probably shouldn't have said those things. Now people are just going to annoy the crap out of me. Sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last question for you, Zach, is... What would you write down as your Christian mingle bio? Oh, single and ready to mingle, baby. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> I, I thought of a couple. I thought of one like for you, just like my answer for Vin Diesel. Okay. Like, I will never stop fighting for you. Oh my! <laughs> no, that's that's horrible. And then maybe like a Bible verse about fighting. Oh no! I'll, I'll just quote Proverbs thirty-one. And say, in the hunt. Say, <laughs> just a Jim looking for his Pam. What? Just a Vin Diesel looking for his vehicle. Just a Vin looking for his diesel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So that's your final answer? I don't think about those things. Would you ever be on Christian Mingle? Let's say 10 years from now. Bro, hopefully 10 years from now, I, I'm i not still in the hunt, huh? I hope so. I hope not either. Well, maybe. I'm hoping to be your second best man. Oh, yeah. Maybe third. Who would be number two? Vin Diesel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we need to rename this episode. Uh, the Vin Diesel episode. <laughs> So maybe somebody else can submit a Christian Mingle. Please bio go to our website, <laughs> submit a Christian Mingle bio for Zach, and I will post a profile. I will make you a profile. No. Yes. I have the best photographs of you too. Oh man, you really do. You have you have like some goldies. Between you and Jake. Man. True. I'd have a great bio. But well, perfect way to end our undisputed segment of today's podcast. Next, we have our best walkout song. And his name is John C. This week's best walkout song is Fieldhouse Freestyle off of No Big Deal's new album featuring 1K Few. Now, dude, I love that song. This song's awesome. I can... It makes me picture throwing up my hood on my robe, walking out, and the crowd just going crazy. Oh, it's one of my favorite things, bro. Yeah, yeah, and it's a great song. It just came out a few days ago, I think a week ago, and yeah, that's yeah. that album's pretty good too. Oh, it's a great album. I actually don't think it's as good as his uh, previous album. Um, I don't remember the name. How of it. hipster of you? What does that mean? You know what hipster means. I know, but like, why would that? Like, that's just kind of a thing. A hipster. I think that that's just like a phrase hipsters oh, would say. Not as good as his last album. Exactly. Mm. 
Yeah. Sip sipping on your espresso and your tiny little espresso mug. It has to be organic. Fourth pet peeve. <laughs> Generic hipsters. Organic hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, maybe we could add that to my Mingle account. <laughs> Organic hipster. Only loves old music. <laughs> Only loves their last album. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, all right. Time to look into it. And when you look into it, you got to look into it. Look oh, into it. I'm when you look into, into it. it. So this week's book is The Subtle Power of Spiritual Abuse. Now, it's not, it, it probably wouldn't be one you'd pick on the shelf to buy, okay? But this is an awesome book that really helped me learn more about myself and how, like, abusive I am spiritually sometimes. And what's funny is none of us would say that about ourselves. But mm-hmm. there are subtle um, ways we can manipulate other people, ways that we can have power over congregations, um, and, and in different ways get addicted to uh, the religious rush of legalism that we can have over people wow and it makes us look good all these kinds of things and so i learned that i can tend to be manipulative within a crowd or within a group or within ministry activities because i tend to have a pretty loud influential voice mm. and sometimes i could physically that. um or you know like literally your voice literally, is loud well no like but loud voice what i mean is like I could. I know I could come across and be heard gotcha. and convince most people to go along with me. Wow. You know, like, I mean, that's not like me batting my own chest, but I know, like, typically I could yeah. lead a room sometimes. But usually I could do that in a negative way wow. and then, like, get just, like, a buzz off and make myself feel more, um, like, approved of God because it's like, oh, look at me, God, look what I'm doing, you know, rather than just be myself and, you know, go with the flow and... You ever tell the same story three times? Um, no, only after I get LEDs on the front of my rig, then then I feel pretty good. Do you have good. LEDs on the stage facing the congregation? <laughs> no, I actually tape them to me, so it looks like I'm glowing. So, the subtle, abuse, the subtle power of spiritual abuse, book of the week. Go check it out. Well, Dakota, I think we know each other pretty well. There's probably a million other questions we could ask each other. Yeah. So, listeners, if you have any other questions that you'd like to know, again, please be a part of the show, tflministries.com forward slash podcast. Ask questions, and maybe we could do another episode if we get enough questions in. Uh, we could do another episode down the road. Yeah, maybe season two. Yeah, season two, whatever. We could have a special guest. Or we could do, like, a live thing where people ask us questions live. That'd, That'd be, be phenomenal. Something like that. I don't know. Either way, we're, we're down. Yeah. so much for listening to Crosschoke. We had a lot of fun creating this episode and hope you enjoyed listening. Please submit any requests, stories, or comments at tflministries.com slash podcast to stay involved. Remember, Zach reads your comments every night before bed. Don't forget to follow Zach at Ando Butte and myself at South for a Day. Have an amazing day and join us next week on Crosschoke.